Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Philosophy of Fitness podcast, episode number 62. My name is Haley. I'm going to be your host today and every single day that you are tuning in, my friends. We have an awesome, fun episode coming up for you today. Today, I am joined with Nick Kroll, uh, not to be confused with the comedian that's on Big Mouth, but yes, Nick Kroll is his name. Um, he is the owner of RN Fitness, and he also hosts his own podcast, which is called Choices by Nick Kroll. And we actually wound up doing a little bit of an exchange. So I went on his podcast a few weeks back. We had an absolute blast. We had such an awesome time chatting with one another. And I learned so much just from speaking with him that I shared a lot about my journey. So I was like, you know what? I'm ready to hear what his journey is. So we had such a great chat. We really cover so many different things that I wasn't even expecting us to go into Nick is also somebody that doesn't drink, and we have a really similar story of how we gave up alcohol, so we talk about that. We talk about fitness and mindset, staying dedicated, staying motivated, and also how managing money and debt um, and financial health is really connected to what we do in the gym, which was a really interesting thing that I never even thought before I spoke with him, but he really kind of explains that perspective and bridges that gap so well, especially for millennials, young people, why it's so important to stay disciplined with our money and debt management, financial health, the the whole shebang. So it was really awesome. We had such a great time. He's probably one of my favorite guests that I've had. I know I say that all the time, but um, we just have such an awesome kind of um, back and forth. So I really think you guys are going to love this episode. Again, we cover so many different topics. So grab a snack, you know, grab a cup of tea, whatever you're doing. If you're getting ready for a long drive, you know what to do, my friends. Go ahead and stay tuned. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Philosophy of Fitness podcast. Today, I'm joined with Nick Kroll. Nick, we're doing a little uh, switch up this time. I was on his podcast a couple weeks ago. So welcome uh, to my show now. Thank you so much. I'm so excited for this. We had such a good time last week, so I'm really looking forward to this one. Yeah, we had such a great time. I'm going to leave the episode in the description so you guys can check it out. But we had such a nice like dynamic flow of, of conversation and I feel like we're pretty like minded on a lot of things. And, you know, it's so funny even to hearing your story about not drinking. I was so shocked about how similar our story was with that, especially you posted on mm. Instagram a couple of days ago. Like um, you were saying how you looked down at your drink and you were like, why am I doing this anymore? You know, it was it was so cool to kind of connect with someone. So if you want to kind of share with my listeners what your what your story was with that, I'd love for you to dive into that. Yeah, a absolutely. Bit. So um, I was I had never really drank a lot to begin with. Like I drank probably six times, maybe a year. And I, when I drank, like I would get drunk. It wasn't just like a beer or two. Um, and that kind of slowed down. I started getting in more into that, like, all right, I'm just going to have like the casual drink watching a game. And that was still the same thing, like maybe a few times a year. And then one day I just kind of looked down and had a Corona in my hand. We had just brought our new puppy home and I was, I just looked at it and I was like, this is, this is stupid. Like, why am I doing this? I get no benefit from this. Like it hurts my workouts the next day. And I just stopped from there. And I mean, I felt so much better. Like I, I'm very proud of myself for never doing that, like being around it all the time. I mean, all my friends do it. You know, my wife occasionally has a drink like and I have nothing against people that do have a drink, but just know that it hurts your performance. Yeah, it totally hurts your performance. And I think it's also really interesting too, just to know that there's other people out there that have like the same situation because I was so blown away. I wasn't even expecting to have heard that from you um, Mm. when we, you know, first, you know, had that episode. So it was really cool to hear. But um, even from the fitness standpoint, it so stands in your way. And that was something that 
was one of the biggest reasons why I kept going with it. Because I, I had a very similar story to you. I was, except I was in a concert and I looked down at a champagne glass and I had that moment of like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Um, but, you know, from there it was like, I, I was like, okay, I'm going to just do a dry January. And then I had a transformation challenge at the gym that I was working for. So I was like, oh, I can use that as an excuse to not drink now. And then I was like, wait a minute, I'm able to run faster now. I'm able to lift heavier. Like I'm sleeping better. What's going on? Yep. And I was like, okay, I need to just like see this through. And we're almost like two years later now. Uh, and I'm like, best decision I've ever made. So same. I don't regret it at all. And it's funny too. Like, I know we brought this up a little bit last time, but just how like, how once you start saying, oh, yeah, I don't drink, people around you go, oh, well, that's really good. Like, congratulations. When I made that post that you were just referring to on Instagram, I couldn't tell you how many DMs I got of people being people just saying, like, dude, this is awesome. I'm so happy for you. Like, I don't either. I had a couple people get like mad. They were like, oh, I, I can't stand like not at me, yeah. but like just like because they were just like, I, I agree with you, man. I can't stand how people just use this as an excuse and this and that. And I've seen alcohol ruin a ton of people's lives Oh yeah, um, throughout my life, you know couple family members, couple friends, like acquaintances, people I've worked with. I've seen it ruin so many lives. And it's just one of those things that, you know, I hear, I always hear the people, well, in moderation, which, yeah, sure. Anything in moderation, like isn't terrible for you, but nobody does this in moderation. Mm, yeah. like, everybody just pounds, pounds it. And then they look back and like, oh, I can't believe I did that. I feel like shit. So just cut it out altogether. And like I said before, I was never really like, I was never pounding alcohol, but I just I cut it out and I don't regret it at all. I'm kind of one of those all or nothing people, though. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's such a good point, though. And it's like I, I totally agree with everything you just said of, you know, oh, well, in moderation, it's fine. If you look at the definition of like what binge drinking is, it's actually horrifying. And I'm sure most people would be shocked to know. I think it's like technically having four or five drinks in one night or one sitting. So most people I know are not just having a glass of wine or whatever. It's like. It's so unattainable to actually be a moderate drinker, like to just be able to have one glass of wine. Like I was never that kind of person that just would have one glass of something. Like when I was out with my friends over the weekend or, you know, in college, like if I was drinking, I was drinking. It was never um, it was kind of like all or nothing. Honestly, I was it was like a, a means to an end. I'm like, I'm getting drunk tonight. Like and so, you know, for a lot of people, I feel like. You know, it's it's kind of this nice flighty idea, right, in your head of like, oh, well, moderate, just, you know, one glass of wine after work, whatever. But most people realistically are not doing that. Right. And you know? it's it's unfortunate, like how normalized it's become and how people look at it as like a coping mechanism, how people run to it, because there are studies out there. And that was something else that somebody replied to me, too. Like I said, I got a bunch of DMs about it. And one person was like, you know, it's actually not bad for you. Like, I don't know why you're hating on it so bad. And I was like explain to me what you mean. And he's like, well, there's, there's studies and medical things of like, if a glass of wine a day is good. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not, that's not what I said. Like alcohol yeah. in general just isn't good for you. Mm -hmm. Um, because the general use of alcohol is Friday night, Saturday night, getting torn up, maybe mm -hmm. even Thursday, Friday, and then a, a Saturday and then a day party on Sunday, yeah. you know, like that's the average person's alcohol consumption, alcohol use. And they're, and then you feel like shit all week. Yeah, it's like it's not even worth it if you're if you're someone too that's really serious about your fitness goals. It sets you back not even from just being hungover for, you know, a day or two or three if you like really went like too far. Like it just hinders your performance in so many ways and and gets in the way of your recovery and 
you know, there's so many studies coming out now about the negative effects of, of alcohol. And there was something I wanted to circle back to you about. I remember you posted a poll on your story like a couple days ago about, you know, people's opinions on drinking. And you said that you were surprised or like shocked. Were there a lot oh, of people yeah. that said that like the flip side of it, that they were like drinking's good for you or? So um, how did I ask that? I, I think I said, okay, I'm going to take two seconds and look yeah, this go up for because it. I don't want to like. I don't want to screw that up because the I was surprised at the result. Um, just how people responded. I I thought a lot more people were going to disagree with me than that than agreed. Oh really? Yeah. Um, it was like seventy five percent. And when I looked at that, I think I almost have it here. I'm very sorry. For no, the that's delay, okay. But, Take your time. So I said, alcohol is a waste of time, money, and brain cells. And then I put at the bottom, agree or disagree. of people agreed with that and 29% disagreed. Wow. And I thought off the bat that like that was going to be the other way. Like I was expecting 21% to agree and 79% to disagree. But I was – so I was very happy to see that. Um, It definitely – and and some of the people that hit agree, they drink like I know because they're my friends or whatever and I see what they're doing. But they still agree to that. So – if you're one of those people that would agree to that and you still drink, my question to you would be why? Like, what are you really benefiting from this? What do you get out of this? Is it worth it at the end of the day? For me, the answer was no, even if it was just a few beers, because my workout was always more important than the alcohol. So for me to to go and have a couple of drinks with family or friends and really get nothing out of it besides have a bad workout the next day or next couple of days, for me, it would be even two, three days sometimes off yeah. of a couple of beers. Yep. So for me, it wasn't worth it. And I just decided to cut it out. You know, I can't, I can't speak to everybody, but I can speak to my own experience and I have no intention of drinking again. Yeah. Same here. I mean, I, it's so interesting that, um, so many people agreed with that because I feel like people are, people are self-aware enough to know that it's bad. Right. I even like, I've had people reach out to me, um, you know, saying that they want to stop and they they still do it. So it's like I feel like just as a society, it has such a chokehold over us because it's just so normalized. And even kind of what you were saying or, or hinting at is like question why you're doing it. Right. Sit back and think, OK, why am I even doing this in the first place? For me, social anxiety was a huge part of it. Like it was just one, what I did to kind of like fit in, to relax, to to be like a part of the crowd, part of the party. Um, And once I started to kind of like deconstruct that belief of like, okay, I don't need that to have fun. I don't need that to be more outgoing um, or to be more of myself. It actually makes you less of yourself, you know, the more drunk you get. Um, So to anyone listening, you know, just ask yourself, like, really take a step back. It's like, why are you doing it? You know, even if like if your friends, if anybody else wasn't in the equation, if you were just like talking about yourself, like, why are you doing it? What is it for? You know, and I would say that all of the quote benefits like the answers that people will give to that you know confidence is probably the biggest one that I think I hear from like especially like some of my single friends they're they're oh you don't get it you're married like you're not trying to pick up girls I would (laughs) argue and they're right you know I haven't been there but I would argue the point of if you want confidence start working out you know that is the biggest confidence booster that you can possibly do and it's so good for you there's I can't think of a negative side effect to working out you know like yeah those those are the things that you can do and I don't know what other answers people might have to that, but I, I think that's probably the top one. And even the other answers, I would I would argue that working out would probably solve that problem. I have a, yeah. a weird kind of philosophy, and it's if you have a problem, working out will solve it, really, no matter what it is. And I, I truly do believe in that. 
That's a great philosophy, though. I mean, the more you think about it, like it, it can connect to any area of your life. And I that's actually the first time I've heard someone talk about, you know, the confidence side of, of drinking and anything that people would say, oh, it helps you relax or it helps you be more attractive, like whatever, you know, kind of BS people come up with. Working out is probably what's going to actually do it for you because then mm. you challenge your limits, you get more confident in yourself, you get more confident in who you are. And it's kind of just like this illusion, right? It's like, okay, well, I'm I'm drinking to make myself, like you said, single people, you know, trying to get confidence to go up to someone at a bar. Like, what if you started working on yourself and improving your health and feeling really comfortable in your own skin so that you can just be sober and be like, damn, I'm an awesome human. Like, yeah, right. I totally agree. And that's one of those things where if if you have confidence in from exercise and you're confident that way, because you can't take the alcohol confidence into your job or into a job yeah. interview, you can't take that with you. They're going to be like, this guy's a drunk, get out of here. <laughs> but if you are confident from natural things like working out and you show up to a job interview or whatever your situation may be that you can't rely on alcohol to be confident for, you're going to be locked in because you're just a confident person now. And, and speaking more to that alcohol solves most of your problems. I mean, the biggest one that it, it ever solved for me, I never really had a quote money problem, but just teaching me the discipline on how to manage money better was hundred percent from the gym. The gym instilled discipline, wow. confidence, all these different things that apply to real life very, very well. And you know, that's my path, my story. I'm sure there's other ways that other people have learned from that. But, mm -hmm. but for me, the gym pretty much made me who I am. Yeah. Can you go into the the money side of things a little bit more? Because I know we kind of touched on it on your podcast, but I'm curious to hear like when when was there a switch for you in your mind where you were like, OK, everything I'm learning here could be applied to to my finances and to debt prevention and to kind of setting myself up for success? Yeah, sure. So uh, I'll start the first time I ever got wicked confused about money in my life. I was like 17 years old and my mother was explaining to me what a credit card is and how to use a credit card and why I, quote, need a credit card to build my credit score in quotes as well. And I I looked at her and I said, hold on. So you want me to get this little thingy swipe to pay for something not pay it back all the way, pay 25% more for it with somebody else's money when I could just pay cash. Like say something's a thousand dollars and I just give them a thousand dollars in cash. 25% of that is $250. So now I'm paying $1,250 for the same item. And she just kind of looked at me and was like, well, it's to build your credit score. I was like, well, what the hell is a credit score? Like, what yeah. is this bullshit? Like, <laughs> what are we talking about right now? Credit score. And, you know, eventually I looked it up. I understand it now. But and the biggest thing that I think I hear from people the most is like, oh, well, you're going to need a good credit score to buy a house. I never had like a bad credit score. Um, I still have a card that I swipe for groceries and stuff and I pay it off every month and I just get the points, the cash back from it. Yeah. Um, but when we bought our house. I can assure you it was not the credit score that he was concerned about. It was the income and the amount of money in our bank account that he was like, okay, sure. Whatever you guys need. Yeah. Like he, he, he didn't, he looked at it of course, but he cared the loan officer, especially the one that we used cared way more about how much money we were putting down and what our monthly income was, what kind of jobs we had. Was it stable? Was it not? And that was the stuff that really mattered in buying our house um, to kind of back up a little bit there though. When, when I learned discipline with it, I never had debt. I never went into debt because of that conversation with my mother. I was like, this yeah. makes no sense. I bought my first car in cash. It was oh, a, wow. a hunk of shit. I still <laughs> drive a hunk of shit now. Like I have another car that's a little bit nicer for the weekends, but hmm. I still drive a hunk of shit. Like I save money on cars, stuff like that. But 
when my wife and I got married, she went to college. So she had a little bit of student loan debt. And I have been in the mindset of I want a house since I was like 15 years old. And I didn't go to college. I got into the real quote, real world at 18 and was saving and saving. And my uncle introduced me and my wife to this guy named Dave Ramsey. Um, Oh, I've heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. So Dave Ramsey's just kind of like a, he's got these seven baby steps to quote financial freedom or financial peace. And it's basically like save this much money, then get yourself out of debt and then save for a house and et cetera, et cetera. Um, pay cash for all your stuff. Don't use credit cards. Don't use car loans. Like if you can't buy it in cash, you can't afford it. He has, he, I, and I really liked and believed in those principles. And like, as I got older and started having more adult money, and realizing, wow, I really want more things. Like my father always tried to get me to buy a brand new truck when I turned 18, but I knew I wanted a house more. And to, to keep the discipline in that, I, it came from working out because I was so disciplined and knowing, hey, got to go to the gym, got to go to the gym. It would, it would have been very easy for me to take 10 grand out of a bank account and then make a minimum payment on a brand new truck and have that payment for the next seven years. You know, yeah. I would have just paid it off like a year ago. So that was where the discipline came in. Then my uncle kind of showed us Dave Ramsey and we made a very, we made a big decision to pay off her student loans in a lump sum or to use that money as a down payment on a house. And we paid off the student loan and it was probably the best thing we ever did because we had no payments ever again for the rest of our lives besides our mortgage now. Yeah. That's huge by the way. Yeah. That's amazing. And it's, it's a choice, right? Like the name of my podcast is choices because life is all about choices. You know, we chose to make that decision. It was probably the hardest thing we've ever done. I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't like $10,000. You know what I mean? It was like $40,000. It was $40,000. And to to watch you save up for that amount, for that amount of money for years and years for a house, and then to almost reset, like go back down, like pretty low. It was uh, it was painful, but it was a choice we made. And it was one of the best choices we could have made because we it was it was that mindset of, okay, we just have to be disciplined now. We have to know, don't go back into debt. Go, don't just buy whatever you want. Like we both want expensive things. You know, Mm -hmm. who doesn't like cars are fun. Trucks are fun. All that stuff's fun. But if you can't if you can't pay cash and afford it, then you really you can't afford it Mm -hmm. in Dave Ramsey's terms. And I, I agree with that. I'm a big believer in that. I also live by that. I didn't even know that that came from him, but my parents had always kind of taught me that if you can't afford it, you know, don't blast out your credit cards buying it. And um, that's helped me save a lot of money. And I know some people like I know some of my friends that have over one hundred thousand dollars of like student loan debt, which is like insane. And, you know, and, and it's unfortunate, too, because some people who change their career path like I, I also have student loan debt, I'll be honest, and I am not doing what I went to school for. Um, so, you know, it's, it's something that I'm going to have to deal with, but, um, making priorities and having a sense of discipline with it of like, okay, do I want this fancy thing now? Or do I have like a long-term vision in mind of what I'm working towards? And I know that it's going to be more worth it if I hold out, like for you with your truck, you knew it was going to be worth it for you to hold out because you wanted a house like so badly. And I think that's so connected to just the philosophy of working out in general, because, you could say in the moment, it, think of it like a cheat meal or like, um, you know, like a big like, I don't know, somebody's like, go on a weekday cruise and like eat whatever food you want or like mm. reach your goal by the end of the year. And it's like, OK, well, there's this immediate gratification, but I know that I have this long term goal, this vision that I'm working towards so diligently. Like, let me not throw away my progress. Let me just hold out and keep going, because that's what's going to keep you on track. The discipline is like 
Oh my God. Discipline is such a huge thing. And I think that motivation and discipline kind of work in place of each other because we can't expect ourselves to be motivated all the time. And this is something that I've, I've talked about on here and in general, it's like motivation is so fleeting. Like you're never going to feel a hundred percent, you know, ready to get after your goal every single day or feel like every workout's going to be your best. Like there's going to be times when you doubt yourself. There's going to be times when you're like, Oh, I'm tired. Like this really isn't going to be my best lifting session, whatever it might be. But it doesn't mean you stop. It doesn't mean you're like, okay, I'm just going to throw in the towel. Like screw this. Like I'm done with the gym shit. Like, no, like you just you have to have that long term vision. And I think that's why discipline is so important. So it's really interesting hearing your perspective, too, because I've also never really you know, seen it from the lens of of the finance thing, which I think is really important, too, for, for people in our generation to understand um, how important financial discipline is, especially in this day and age with how crazy, you know, the world has been like the last few years. It's like um, is huge. And I feel like they, they don't teach us that in school, right? Like nobody, nobody teaches you that in school. So, and and the crazy thing is people don't teach you that period. It's not just in school. Like, uh, I think Dave Ramsey gives this statistic a lot. I think 80% of America is in like debt or doesn't have a thousand dollars saved. Like it's, it's, it's pretty crazy how unfortunate the, I guess I don't, there isn't even really like a spot to put the blame on. Like I I'm a big believer in blaming yourself for everything. Like you're in the situation because of you choices, uh, right? Yeah. Choices. Exactly. You know, and there's, there's people that unfortunately come into the world and kind of start behind the eight ball a little bit. And I get that, but just like working out where you start in life is almost like your genetics. It's, a factor, but not a deciding factor. I, I can't stand when people tell any, anybody anything about, oh, that's because his genetics or because her genetics. Yeah. Like, genetics, yes, it plays a factor, but not a deciding factor. It's not enough for you to blame somebody's genetics for why you don't look as good as them or why you're so far behind or ahead of them. Everybody in people will disagree with this, but we all have opportunities every day. Some are large, some are small, but when we're faced with these opportunities, you have a choice to make. And one of the the biggest things that my wife and I are doing right now, one of our biggest financial goals is to own our house. And to do that, we have to put a like double two and a half times is the number. It's two and a half times the actual mortgage payment every single month wow. for the next six years. So that doesn't give us a ton of money left over to play with, to go out, to, to buy the things we want to buy. So we have to have a strict budget. And that comes back to the discipline, right? Because there's there's months where I go to make that payment and the thought of, ah, you know, I could really use this extra extra money to buy a new piece of gym equipment or yeah. something like that, you know? And those are the times where discipline comes in and it's like, hey, remember when you're 30, this is going to be awesome. And some uh, a point I want to make real quick too, that's so important is a lot of people like to say, well, what if I die tomorrow? What's the point in paying off all this debt or what? Because Dave Ramsey's thing is like suffer for a year or two. Get yourself out of debt. Don't buy anything nice. Don't see the inside of a restaurant unless you're working in one. Suffer for one or two years. Get yourself out of debt, meaning you throw everything you have at your debt and then live the rest of your life happy. And people, my father's one of these people. He goes, what if I die tomorrow? And I, I have a follow-up question to that. What if you don't? You know, what if you just live your whole life going through that cycle, payment, paycheck to paycheck, payment to payment every single month. And every month you look at the end of the month and you've saved no money. You've gotten no closer to your goals. You've just kind of bought Starbucks or whatever people buy. Yeah. 
You know, it's it's interesting. I think it also kind of like the the cycle of debt is just it's like this bottomless pit because I know, you know, friends of my family and even some of my friends where it's like they're just clawing their way, you know, through life and it's yep. like you just get further and further into it and it's like the the, the it's like a monster. It's like the more you kind of just let it sit there, the bigger it gets and it's just becomes this like, you know, daunting thing. Um and I think also just from like an energetic standpoint, I was kind of thinking of this as you were talking about it, like if you're someone that's constantly in debt and you're not doing anything to to you know get yourself out of it, it also puts you in a scarcity mindset, which I think is a really um, damaging place to be in. Just like vibrationally, if you're looking at it from like the law of attraction in terms of attracting abundance into your life, if you're someone that's like, I'm in debt, like I don't have enough money to do this. I'm in the scarcity mode of like, oh, but I don't even want to try to like pay it off. I'm just gonna live in the moment and spend what I want because it's such a problem anyway. Like. I feel like that's such a bad mindset to be in because like you said, what if you don't die tomorrow? Like, what are you going to do, you know, five years, 10 years from now? And I, I know it's a hard conversation for people to have and for people in our generation to think about like the long-term vision, especially with how crazy the world's been. But even for me, that's something that I'm trying to do. Cause I'm very much like a live in the moment, you know, kind of person, but I'm like, also like we got to have like some kind of, some kind of long-term vision or something to, something to work towards. You got to find that middle ground. You know, that's it's so important to find that because, you know, I say to myself all the time, what am I going to not enjoy my life until I'm 30? Like what? You know, so we yeah. do things like my wife and I, we're big. Like I'm a, I'm a huge homebody. I mean, I'll like I am too. things that we enjoy. I'll spend money on. You know, we have a very nice home gym. We have a good gun range yeah. in the yard. Like those are things that we enjoy that we spend money on. But those are a one-time purchase. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like we're taking out a loan to buy equipment or to rent machinery to to dig out the yard or you know any yeah. of those things. It's pay for it, be done with it, and it's one one thing at a time, one piece at a time. I wish I wish I could find a picture real quick of my gym when I started it. It was a, a terrible looking bench, <laughs> one shitty little mirror. And it looks few, so good I, now, by the way, I'll try to insert a picture uh, so people can see because it looks amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah like, and, But that was years in the making. I mean, that was yeah. like two and a half, almost three years of just saving and buying like one thing at a time because we had these goals, because we knew because when we started, we weren't in our own home yet. Like we were we were yeah. renting at the time. So when we started, we I was like, well, I'm going to buy one thing here, one thing here, one thing here. And every month it's just kind of accumulated. And um you know, it's one of those things that'll never be done, right? Like that's your hobby. That's your passion. Like it's never, never going to be finished, but it's come so far and it looks good now and we're very happy with it. So those are the kind of things that now we have that every day instead of the need to get out of the house, right? I hate when people say people put a vacation on their calendar and they, they look forward to it for two years. Mm -hmm. I couldn't imagine like just waiting, going to Monday to Friday at your job, dragging your feet, hating yourself all week long, enjoying the weekend and then hating yourself all week long just to look forward to a vacation two two years from now because I need a break or I need to escape. Like make your life a life that you want to live, make your life something that you're happy to come home to. You know, I say to my, my buddy and I have pretty deep conversations a lot. I say to him, if I died tomorrow, like I would say I'm I'm happy with my life. I'm happy with the way things are going. I'm I, obviously I have a lot bigger goals that I'd like to accomplish, but I could die happy. You know, I'm not dying in some miserable rat race where I yeah. hate my life every day. I love that idea of making your life something that you don't want to escape. And I, I so, you know, like resonate with that on the soul level. Cause I think I told you when I came on your show, um, I, I went to college, you know, for communications and English and I had this whole trajectory of, 
what I was going to do. I interned at Pfizer. I was like, oh, corporate world. Here we go. I'm going to go work in the city. And I had that job and I found myself in that position of like staring at the clock of like, okay, the weekend's almost here. The happy hour's almost here. Like the weekend's almost here, whatever. And it's like, I literally was like, I cannot picture doing this for the next 40 years. Like this is, I'm like, this is not, this is not what my life is supposed to be. I can't imagine just like being a sheep, just like going, you know, trudging through the subway, trudging to work every day, living for my weekends. Miserable. And it's like, at what point do you say to yourself, okay, is it, is it worth it for you to stay in that rat race or is it worth it for you to take the risk and, and figure something else out? And for me, it's been so worth it, you know, um, taking that risk it's just like and I I also like I feel like too is making your home a sanctuary and just making your space a place where you feel so comfortable and so at ease that you don't feel like you need to just like run away from your life like especially the pandemic has has made me do that like with even my bedroom and like my space like just making it as cozy as I want and like treating myself to little things around the house because I am also a homebody like I'm such a hermit I don't go out to bars and clubs like that's not fun to me so I'm like I like, you know, sitting in my room and like reading, watching, you know, movies, whatever. So I'm like, why wouldn't I make this space as comfortable as I want it to? Because I'm not wasting like $100 a weekend on drinks or Uber or like going out to bars and clubs. And it's like, OK, well, I'm going to take that money and um and, and put it where I want to. And something else interesting that I'm just thinking about here is is um just like the idea of like brick by brick kind of like getting to where you want to go like mm-hmm. obviously with your fitness goals that's you know a thing for sure right it doesn't happen overnight and I think even too with the idea of saving and also paying something off is just like brick by brick like it doesn't have to be anything crazy like you said it took you years to get your gym to where you want it maybe mm-hmm. if you're listening to this and you're like oh well how am I going to start saving money maybe if you get Starbucks every day like cut that out like, oh, you, oh mean, my yeah, God, you're yeah, saving what, like $7 a day? Like, I mean, that shit's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And you, something else, you, you made like three things that I want to touch on real quick. One of them being um, people that get stuck in that corporate world or some sort of job that has a pension or a good retirement plan, something like that. You know, I, I hate when people say, oh, pension. You know, pension, if you can get one and you earned one and you're happy doing what you do every day, I'm happy for you. Congratulations. But a lot of people, they just count down the years left until they get their pension. If you invested your money in good growth stock mutual funds, a pension, you would laugh at the money that you would make from a pension when you're 65. You know, like it wouldn't even be a thought in your mind. And, And unfortunately, people just don't realize this. Like people don't understand. Investing is the eighth wonder of the world. You know, and I invest. I encourage everybody to invest. It's so it's just. The it doesn't even make sense, honestly. I mean, like you'll yeah. spend money on a scratch ticket, put that and and lose it. How about you put that thirty dollars in a Roth or even an yeah. individual mutual funds and just watch it grow over the course of the next five ten years instead of throwing your money away on a thirty dollars scratch ticket that you're not going to win. You know? Yeah. Um, another thing you said too was take the risk. Honestly, I mean, yes, absolutely. Like you have to take risks in life. But at the same time, it's not even that much of a risk if you play it right. If you don't have debt, there's nobody holding you back, right? And that's why I, I encourage people to get out of debt because you can make your home whatever you want to want it to be. You can choose to go to work if you don't have debt. You know, my wife and I yeah. have big goals. So that doesn't mean that I can just quit or she can just quit. Like we have to pay this house. And then from there, mm-hmm. I want to open my own facility and stuff like that. But if you don't have debt and the amount of even the amount of debt we have now, if we wanted to just make our minimum mortgage payment, we make it very like clear to our employers. We don't 
need this job. Like this is yeah. something that we're here because we want and et cetera, et cetera. You know, there's a big difference in people that need to be at work and people that want to be at work. And um, it's one of those things that debt is the indicator of that. You know, if you have a ton of debt and you're strapped every single month, you don't have a choice. You have to show up, you know, yeah. and that mentally humans love control, right? We all love being in control. And when you don't have control, your employee, like if you're, if, if, if a boss came up to my wife and was like, you, you suck, we effing hate you. She would go, all right, see ya, I'm done. Yeah. You know? And we'd go, all right, well, I guess you're going to find a new job. Like there yeah. would be no, Oh, stress from this and that it would just be, okay, we'll move on, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's all because no debt. And I, I just encourage everybody to get out of debt, start investing. And you'd be, you'd be amazed at the things that you could do. And uh, I forgot the third point. I think it was on the last thing you said. I don't remember what I said. <laughs> yeah, I go off on rants. No, it's okay. Because I have like a few things that I want to say from what you said. Um, and I just want to say that I think it's such wise advice, especially for people in our age group to to be sharing what you're sharing, because I feel like none of my friends are even thinking about this kind of stuff, like long term, you know, financial health and, and getting rid of debt. And Something else, too, that, you know, I think about, it's like if you had money sitting in the bank account, it's just collecting dust, basically. Right. If it's yes. just kind of like sitting there in your savings, you're not investing it in anything. Why yes. wouldn't you want to give that a chance to grow and multiply? Like you said, even if it's like thirty dollars or fifty dollars, it's actually losing money like per inflation. If you have like mm. it, it was the biggest mistake I've ever made in my life and financially, at least yeah. we up a, a very good chunk of change to put a down payment on our house and before i continue that i want to hit on the other thing you said too how nobody talks about this and it this is another thing my friend and i talk about a ton is how how it's shunned and shamed to talk about finance and personal finance yeah. and that's the reason why we have such a problem tell people how much you make tell people what you do tell people your financial goals you're not an asshole for it it's it's good to have those conversations we're adults money's a thing yeah. money doesn't make the world go around money doesn't buy happiness money makes you more of what you already are if you're an asshole it's just going to make you a bigger asshole if you're a great guy it's just going to make you a better guy but it, it certainly isn't going to buy you happiness but it's going to alleviate stress um back to my point that i kind of forget what i was trying <laughs> to make there um, what was I saying? Uh, well, I mean, I agree with what you said about, you know, money is, you know, money is not going to really like change you at your core, right? It's like whatever state you're in now, if you think, oh, well, I, if I just had this much money, then I can do this or then I can do that. Well, if I had this much, then I can be happy. Like that's something else. I, that's like kind of a tangent going off of what you said. But, um, mm. I feel like at, at least from like an energetic standpoint too, of like, if you're, if you're someone that's, um, I don't know. I think about it. If you're someone that's trying to start a business or you're trying to, you know, you want to be a coach or something, it's like, oh, well, if I just earned this much money, then I can start doing this or then I can pursue this as a hobby. It's like find ways to just go for it anyway and just like trust your process. I think honestly, I think taking financial risk with that kind of stuff is rewarding too, and trusting that you're going to make a return on the investment. Like for this, like investing in good podcast equipment for me or like, you know, investing yeah. in someone to help me like, and I'm trusting that that's going to, you know, kind of take me to the next level. So um, I think risk is 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 a part of it too. And even risks with investing, like even if it's, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know if you're into crypto at all, but like um, really risky, you know, areas for some people can have a lot of payoffs. So yeah. um, do you do crypto at all or no? Uh, very little. I think I have like a few hundred bucks in crypto. Yeah. I like to, I, I don't know it and it, I like logic, right? And it, there's no logic to crypto. It like, makes no the, sense. I, <laughs> I have friends that are extremely like, like deep into this. I mean, they've yeah. made 
tens of thousands of dollars off crypto. And I asked them, what happens if everybody tries to t- liquidate their Bitcoin? Uh, uh, like there's no answer. Yeah. You know, There is not enough money to pay the people that it doesn't make any sense at all. So I tend to stay away from it just because it's it's. It's very hard to conceptualize. Like, yes. And it's there's no logic to it, you know, and people people don't really give a shit. Whatever makes them rich. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just don't trust it. It could all tank tomorrow. It's one of those things. It's not backed by anything. It's not like that's why I said it's so risky. Like, I, I mean, there's a high reward chance, but also it's like. Like you said, it's so uncertain and it also just doesn't make sense to me. Like I have a friend who's like an expert. Like when I tell you he has like a board of like ev- like everything mm-hmm. related to Bitcoin and I just like still don't understand. I'm like, I just, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. And even single stock is risky too. I do a lot of like penny stocks sometimes. Um, I, I'm starting to get out of the single stock penny stock game a little bit more and more as I'm realizing how much better the actual like ETF, the mutual funds, stuff like that are EFT, sorry. Yeah. Um, and mutual funds, because those are basically a guaranteed win. I mean, I lost a few grand on, um, it was workhorse. I'm sure somebody else has heard of that stock. Hmm. They were supposed to get this big, big contract with USPS. I had about a, a thousand bucks, 2000 bucks in it. And it was going up, up, up. I mean, I was like almost a hundred percent, 110% on my money. And I should have sold it. And I was, oh, no, they're going to get this contract. The day they didn't get the contract, the thing went right down. And I was like, ah. (laughs) So I started going more into the mutual fund game. And I mean, I've seen both sides. I've seen the the loss. And I've also seen some pretty big wins, too. Um, I started investing when the pandemic started. So I just now sold them because of the tax lot. If you wait a year, it's a lot less uh, capital gain tax. And I I had JetBlue and Murphy's Oil, and they both uh, got me over 110% in a gain because I bought wow. them at the very bottom of the pandemic, and I sold JetBlue a little while ago and Murphy's uh, recently in the past week, and it was just one of those things where – so I've seen both sides of it, and honestly, the, the mutual fund game is way more safe, way more secure, and it's pretty much a guaranteed win, but it's going to be a smaller payout. But even if your money makes 10%, that's a lot better than making negative th- yeah. 0.3 for inflation or whatever the rate of inflation is. You know, Oh, that's what I was saying earlier. People that listen are probably like, this guy is all over the place. <laughs> um, the biggest financial mistake I ever made was having a large lump sum in a savings account. Because if, oh my God, if I, if we would have had that in like a safe, like the S&P 500, like Fidelity version or whatever, mutual funds, we would have had so much more money to put down on our house. And it was in there for, oh my God, probably like, I mean, I was 15 when I started saving, oh, wow. but obviously once we got married, it started growing a lot faster. Um, it was in there for probably five years um, and it could have done uh, so much better yeah. in a mutual fund. I mean, we would have been able to pay for probably almost half of our house versus like wow. 20%. Yeah. Cause it's, it's crazy. Like the amount of compound in the, what compound interest does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so weird. Like, I don't know why it's, I don't know if it's like a generational thing, but even growing up, like, you know, my parents, and my family are like, well, people don't talk about money. Like people don't talk about their salaries or whatever, or like even financial, you know, advice and whatnot. Um, and I feel like I wish someone would have told me back in high school, like, you know, 
invest your money and rather than just having it like sit in the bank account like that would have opened my eyes so much even in college even if when I didn't even have that much money like even if I set aside like $30 a month or something to to put towards something like that could have grown like so much like Mm -hmm. and um yeah I feel like it's really important for for young people to kind of to understand how powerful it is to just have the discipline to to take the risk to invest in something because I wish somebody would have told me that sooner um Mm -hmm. You know, rather than just having money collecting dust and, like you said, um, decreasing in value with inflation. So, yeah. And it's also it's one of those things, too, where habits and the discipline, if if people that say, oh, when I make more, I'll save. No, 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 no. Start now. I don't care if you only save five dollars a month or five dollars a week, whatever it may be. But it's the habit of putting money away that now five dollars has an opportunity to be five thousand and you do it because you you have that habit. You've created that mental habit. Yeah, I couldn't tell you how many friends I have that have gained more and more money over the years as we get older and they get promotions, they get in their job longer and they have less and less because more and more means you have a bigger available line of credit so you can borrow yeah. more. And it's 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 unfortunate to see. And, you know, some people are happy that way. I mean, my parents live paycheck to paycheck. They're happy. Good. Yeah. For them. You know, I've we've both had our arguments on both sides of it. And I'm not going to tell them how to live their lives. I'm not going to tell anybody how to live their lives. Yeah. I'm telling you what I've done, what I've experienced. And I'm very happy the way I've done it. I know it works. Um, not saying I'm the most successful guy I know, but it certainly has helped me become happy. You know, there's no stress and stress is one of those big indicators. Um, you know, my wife, same thing. She's not stressed. We come home, we just hang out. We, we have like 15 bird feeders in the oh. yard. We watch <laughs> the birds or play with the dogs. Yeah. You know, we just sit down, we talk, we unplug and it's nice. You know, it's nice yeah. to not sit down and go, Oh damn, we forgot to pay this. Or, Oh, we have this payment. It takes me like three minutes to pay the bills. I remember watching my mom when I was a kid sit down and take like a whole Saturday morning to pay bills. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my like, God. Like bring out like a big notebook. Like my mom used to do the same yes, thing. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Oh my God. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, I remember being a kid and watching that. And I was, Oh my God, am I going to have to do this when I'm older? This is terrible. And, uh, thankfully we don't, we have an electric bill, a gas bill and a mortgage, you know, like, yeah. Wow. That's really it. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I mean, um, it's interesting, like thinking about it from a stress and, and a worry perspective. Like if you're someone that's has so much debt and it just gets worse and worse like that stress affects every area of your life and stress is also like the root cause of disease like stress is dis-ease right it's dis-ease in your body Mm -hmm. and stress is always going to manifest it's always going to catch up to you so if you're somebody that just has this mountain of debt um and it kind of just lingers like i said it's that monster that gets bigger and bigger then your stress then your immune system weakens then you crash then you burn then you're not able to do as much as you want to do and it's like this it's like this vicious cycle. I mean, it's it's pretty crazy to think about. It's like, wow, money kind of sucks when you think about, you know, like debt and, and the hold that it has over us as a society. But um, if you can find yeah. a way to manage it, like even if it's even if it's a small amount, like you said, if you can find a way to, to do that, just to get into the habit of it, then, you know, that'll become like a normal feeling for you to say, OK, like I'm putting this much away per month. And like this is just a part of who I am. This is just what I do. Mm hmm. You get to choose if money's going to be a liability or an asset to you in your life. You know, it's up to you what you do with it. You have the choice to go finance a new car. No one's going to tell you you can't. I can yeah. promise you that the people at the car dealer want you to finance. I have back like when I first bought my first car, if you had I, was, I mean, I'm only 24, but this is 
uh, eight years ago now, if you had cash, people were like, oh, yeah, sure. Come on in. Like, we'll we'll give you a deal. Now they want you to finance because they get all sorts of kickbacks from the yeah. bank and all sorts of other bullshit. It's a whole scam. We tried to buy a car a while ago and I was going to give them give them cash. And they're like, well, you know, if we did this work, this I was like, no, like I'm not, I just laughed at it and ended up yeah. buying it. But it was it's one of those things where they all they're going to do is encourage you to go deeper and deeper into debt. Oh, yeah. And you know what's interesting, too? I don't know if you've noticed this, but I feel like and I read something about a month ago that somebody shared on Instagram where it's like, I don't know as a society if we're headed this way, but it kind of seems like renting is becoming just like the norm now for people's living situation where it's becoming harder to like buy a home. And even places I've gone to to visit like apartment complexes, they don't have an option to buy. It's just to lease. And it's like you're stuck in this trap of just renting, 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 leasing, leasing, and you have nothing to show for it. And I've, I read this article, I'll have to see if I can find it, but it was kind of saying how these huge companies are building these complexes in these places just for the sole purpose of knowing that they're going to continue to be able to make more money off of people raising the price of the rent every single month. And it just becomes that also contributes to the debt cycle, especially for people in our generation, because it makes it yeah. so hard to save. Like if you're doing that on top of everything else. Yeah. You know, and um, it's. Uh, I can I say something political on your show? Do you mind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. All right. So the whole tax the rich thing, logically, is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. And I'm not a far right or far left. I'm pretty down the middle on a lot of things. But the Mm -hmm. tax the rich thing is one of the dumbest things I've heard because who owns all the buildings that the unrich, aka the poor, the lower, the middle class, are in? The rich guy. He owns that building. Who owns all the companies? The rich guy. You try try i say try because these guys know how to avoid like it's not it's it's actually not hard i mean you'd be amazed how easy it is <laughs> to avoid paying some tax yeah um i i forget there's like a, a the tax code book is like over a thousand pages and i think only 16 of those pages are on like paying tax the rest of it's how to avoid it so that information is wow. out there to anybody um don't quote me on those numbers yeah, but yeah. crazy like that uh, but you can't tax these people. And even if you could, everything that you make harder for them, they just raise the wage. They're not going to yeah. lose money. I promise you. They're not the guys losing money at the end of the day. So to to logically say, oh, tax the rich, they're going to give to the poor. It just doesn't work like that. They're just going to take more and raise yeah. rents and raise prices, raise consumer goods. All that stuff is going to get more and more expensive. Um, you know, And that's one of those things where, again, your choices – kind of leads you to where you are and where your stance is on that. Because if you've only ever grown up in an apartment, which a lot of people do, you don't really see the other side of that. You don't really see like the, the, Hey, we we can get out of this. You know, when you grow up in an environment, you're kind of just a product of your environment sometimes, but there's always those, those few people, Mark Wahlberg, Chris Rock, all these people, these famous people that are multimillionaires now that have came from the hood and gotten out of it, Mm -hmm. you know, and, anybody can do it it's extremely hard and that's kind of what i was talking about earlier with some people start a little bit behind the eight ball and um something that uh one of my friends said one time that i thought was really good he said it on one of my podcasts i I asked him i was like well what do you think people that start back there should do because you don't really have a super good role model or an influence he was like honestly youtube uh find find some really good role models on youtube and that was something i did when i was a little younger and it it significantly changed the course of my thinking for the better. I mean, some of those motivational videos on YouTube, as corny and cheesy as they may be, it lit a fire in me. I used to listen to them as I worked out, like mm-hmm. not even just sitting down. Like I would work out and no music. It was those things playing because it just fired me up. And it was one of those things where 
wow, you're not stuck being where you are. You're not stuck being who you are. You can do or be anything you want to be, but you have to take the first few steps. You have to, you have to get rid of your consumer bullshit debt. Like there's obviously good debt, right? Quote, good debt, like passive income, whatever that people like to argue with Dave Ramsey about all the time. (laughs) But you know, you, you, you get it. You're on. Yeah. It's so funny because I, I feel the same way about YouTube. Like when I was a kid, YouTube changed my life. Like I learned so much and I've joked around with my friends at this point too, that like you could get a college education on YouTube. I'm almost certain of it. Any, any kind of skill you want to learn public speaking, um, you know, I don't know, whatever it is that you want to learn, like you could, you could learn it all on YouTube, honestly. And there were people that changed my life. Like uh, the secret was a documentary that I found from watching some girl doing her makeup in her bedroom, talking about that documentary. And that was like the thing that changed my life and like show me that our thoughts are are so powerful. So it's like, yeah. um, you never know like what's going to, what's going to lead you. And also, you know, there's so many resources out there, even if you feel maybe like alone in your community or you feel isolated, if you have access to the internet, connect with other people, connect with people that have like a similar vision to you, surround yourself with those kinds of people. And, um, you know, people always say, oh, well, you're the sum of, you know, the six people that you hang around with level up your friend group. If you're, if you're in a space like geographically or physically where you are unable to do that, say you're a kid that's like living at home or, you know, whatever the case may be, find, find people online. I'm telling you, like find Instagram groups or Facebook groups. Like there's, there's a niche out there for every single thing. Like, Mm -hmm underwater basket weaving like you there's like a group for that if that's what you really want to do like if you can think of it there's there's a group of people out there and and find that support because support is like so essential to Mm -hmm. anything especially if you're someone like you said that wasn't starting off super lucky that is you know kind of trying to make your way through on your own um just knowing that you're not alone i think is huge yeah absolutely and that's kind of one of those things where you have to you have to change your mindset or else you're never going to think like that. You know, Dan Pena, a lot of people don't like this guy. He's very blunt. I personally love bluntness. I love when people just tell you. What's his name? I've never heard of him. Dan Pena. You've never heard of him because he's censored everywhere because really third word out of his mouth is fuck. He, Mm. I personally like someone like that. That's just going to tell me, stop being a pussy and go (laughs) after it. Do it. Yeah. Um, A lot of people don't like that, but he says, show me your friends. I'll show you your future. Yeah. Mm -hmm. True. You know, like I, I look at the people I hang out with, but I also look at the people they hang out with, you know, are they hanging around like people that are out drinking, smoking weed still. And like, we're 25 years old trying to buy houses and these guys are off, you know, show me your friends and show you a future was one of the, one of the best quotes that kind of stuck with me a lot. It's so funny because I, and I, this is nothing against like people that I have been friends with in the past, but I've found myself in a position of outgrowing, you know, my friend circle, that I had for a while. Mm -hmm. And, um, just like, I, I'm like, if I were to hang out with these people, I would feel so out of place now because we have nothing in common. Like I don't drink anymore. I don't party. Like I'm trying to start my own business and do all this stuff. And they're still doing, you know, crazy shit that we were doing in college or like years ago. And it's like, I just, I'm like, it doesn't resonate anymore. And if you're someone listening to this and you find yourself in that position, don't feel guilty for taking care of yourself. Like you, nothing, Mm -hmm. nothing's telling you that you have to, you know, stay friends with these people. And that's a choice. Like you said, uh, you know, everything is a choice and um, it's nothing against that person. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't take away from them at all. It just means that you guys are on different paths now. And um, that's something that I've realized is like, I've kind of separated myself from people in my life that were 
doing stuff that I just knew was going to hold me back. And like, I honestly would just be uncomfortable at this point because I'm like, I literally have nothing in common anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's you know? as you grow, some people grow with you. Some people kind of stay where they are and you can choose if you want to still hang out with those people. It doesn't mean they're a bad person. You know, yeah. some people some people see what they want faster. A lot of people are still trying to figure out what they want. And if that's you, like, that's not a big deal. You know, I, I thankfully figured out what I wanted at a very young age. And again, I, I thank the gym for that again. Like that showed me everything that gave me the confidence to chase my dreams. That gave me the discipline that I needed to chase my dreams. And it kind of like cleared a path for me to see, like, this is what you want to do. This is how you can do it. And then I started getting into, you know, watching other people do it, learning from other people, you know, some adults that I know, some adults that I don't know via YouTube, uh, all sorts of things like that. And, and doing this, you know, podcasting, I have mine as well. And having some of the guests I've had on there, I like my podcast is more um, fitness, business, or like a really good story. You know, I, uh, yeah. people that have had like a different kind of life. I had one guy who was like sexually abused, drug addict oh parents, God. and he turned it around. He has a, his own business and everything, and he's doing really mm-hmm. well. So stories like that, you know, business owners, and you can learn a lot from these people. And I always end with uh, one of my my favorite question, and I asked you that too. You know, what, knowing what you know now, what would you tell yourself when you were eighteen or twenty years old, depending on how old the guest is? And one of the common answers is have more confidence. And yeah, it's, it's it's true. I. I I think I'm going to do something with those one day, whether it's, you know, a short book or put yeah, them all together in a clip. Like um, I want to do something with all the answers that I get from that one day, because though that's one of the most powerful questions I've ever heard. Um, mm-hmm. I actually just, I don't know if I made it up or what, but mm-hmm. I, when I started asking people that I was and getting some of the answers I was getting, it was really cool to hear that. And that's when you put somebody on the spot and kind of give them the, Hey, what would you have done differently? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's so powerful too to just hear, you know, different people's perspectives. And even on this podcast, I've had, I've had so many different kinds of people on here. Like, and it's insane to hear, you know, their story and their journey. I've had people from this side of the spectrum all the way to the other, you know, um, and it's, and it's so eye opening to kind of hear, you know, people coming, coming into their power and like stepping into their, their purpose and their potential. And everyone that I've had on has, is someone that's like so firm in who they are, which is, is something that I love. And and you included like people, people that are so confident and also so like authentically themselves. And, um, mm. it's not something that happens overnight, but I think it's so, it's so empowering to see that because to me, I think just such a such a cool thing to see in someone is to just see how authentic they are. Someone that's like unafraid to just completely be themselves. Like I have so much respect for that. And you know, that's something that I try to do is to just be authentically myself. And it's like, okay, some people aren't going to like me. That's fine. But I'm going to be myself because I know that once I step into that, I'm going to attract the kinds of people that like do resonate with what I have to say and that do understand what I'm sharing and that do want to hear, you know, my story and my experience. So, um, I don't know if you've you've noticed that too on your podcast, but just like authenticity to me is such a sign of of strength and and um I, I commend it so much. Absolutely. And I think that comes from confidence too. You yeah. know, like if exactly. you're not confident in who you are, you're not gonna be authentic. You're gonna be what you think people should see you as or whatever you wanna impress the people you're around. You know, impress them by being who you are. You know, everybody mm-hmm. everybody uh does something different. Everybody's story is valuable. You know, I've learned so many things from so many people. That's something that's one of the reasons for my podcast is I think everybody has a story 
and you can learn something from everybody, whether it's a good lesson or a bad lesson. Some of the uh, worst people that have come through my life, I've learned the most from by being, okay, I don't want to be that guy, or I don't Mm want to act like that, or this is what I shouldn't do with money, or this is what I shouldn't do when I'm in the gym, you know, things like Mm -hmm. that. So just pay attention to people and look around at the people you're around and just say, are you constantly looking at them going, oh, this is what we're doing again, or this is how we're doing. Like start up, start talking about investing or starting businesses or ideas, future goals. You know, a lot of people don't know how to have that conversation. Just it's as simple as asking, Hey, what, what kind of goals do you have? You know, what do you want to do? You know, have you ever thought about investing or do you have any idea how much money we everybody wants to make or earn more money? Like, just ask your friend, you know how much money we could earn if we started investing and see yeah. what they say. You know, maybe you could, you could be the change in your friend group or family, whatever it may be. Yeah, that's so true. And I think that confidence is really the main thing that allows people to be authentic. And sometimes all it takes is, is like one person to make a ripple effect, like, you know, to, to make a change around for the people around them. It's like if, if one person sees you kind of really doing your own thing and being super comfortable in it, then they, that can empower them to say, you know what, why not me? Why don't I try and do that too? Why don't I like explore my passion a little bit more and, and tap into what I want to do a little bit more? And maybe you could be that person for your friend group. Maybe your friends are also thinking about investing or they're thinking about doing something, but they're like too afraid to say it because they feel like, oh, well, mm-hmm. this person's going to like judge me or whatever. Um, so you never know, honestly, until you put yourself out there. You really never know. Absolutely. And, you know, this was something I said on on uh, on the podcast we did before, too, is I think everybody knows and wants to do better, whether it's becoming sober or start working out. Every time I get around people, I notice like we start talking about working out. People want to learn more. People want to exercise because they know it's the right thing to do, but they have to have somebody else kind of go first or show them the way or introduce them to it or give them some information on it because naturally we just kind of do what we know we do what's safe we do what we're not going to get embarrassed by or hurt by so to to start working out is kind of whoa you know i'm going to start working out but when you're you're around somebody that does it all the time well this guy can do it why can't i do it you know i i couldn't tell you how many times i've i've said that to myself throughout my life is well somebody else did this why can't i yes i do the same thing like um even for, you know, like starting this podcast and starting, you know, trying to grow on TikTok, like as silly as it might seem, I'm like, well, if this person's doing it, then why not me? Like, there's nothing special about this person. They were just consistent with it and they just stuck through long enough to see it through. Um, And that's something that really motivates me is like realizing, well, there's nothing special about the person that has your goals, right? It just means that they found a system that worked for them and they were diligent with it. They were consistent and they had the discipline to stay with it. Um, that's something that like really motivates me whenever I, I start to doubt myself. Something else too, that's really helped me is look at everybody equal. Like even people that are super, super like quote successful or Mm -hmm. very high up in your organization, whatever it may be, look at them equal, you know, give them the respect that they deserve, but look at them like they're you because they were you someday. You know, if you're a younger person like, like us, you know, if you're a 24 year old talking to a 45, 50 year old, who's the CEO of some company, they were in your shoes one day and ask them, Hey, what, what did you do when you were my age? How do I get there? If that's what you want, not everybody wants to go that route, but yeah respect everybody even people that you think you're doing better than because you could be the person that changes their life you know you never know how you can positively impact somebody so i don't know I'm, i've always been one of those give people the respect that they deserve the respect that they earn um you know obviously there's some people where you just kind of write them off but you don't have to disrespect them you just don't yeah. pay any attention to them 
No, I think that's so important to not put people on a pedestal, like, because when you do that, I think it also subconsciously affirms to you that like, oh, that's not me. Like I could never be at that yeah. point because this person's like so successful. I'm, you know, but then you start to view them as just like a human being, which they are. Um, mm-hmm. You you kind of like bridge that gap between where you're trying to go and where they're at. I don't know. For me, at least, like th- that's something that I think, like, even if I have someone bigger coming on the show, you know, rather than being nervous and saying, oh, my God, this person's like so such a big deal, like whatever. It's like, no, you know what? They're, they're going to share their story like. I I'm excited to speak with them. They're excited to speak with me. Like, um, don't belittle yourself in that way. But also, you know, obviously, like, be respectful. But um, yeah. yeah, that's my two cents with that. No, I mean, I, I totally agree. It's one of those things where we all put our pants on the same way every day. You know, there's <laughs> everybody's everybody started somewhere. We were all yeah. little kids at one point and we all just kind of grew. We had different experiences throughout life that kind of led us down our paths. But at the end of the day, we're all people. We're all humans. Everybody makes mistake. A- ask the CEO, what's the biggest fuck up you've ever had? I guarantee you he'll tell you because he probably learned the most from that. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, don't be afraid to ask people those questions. Don't be afraid to talk to people. I couldn't tell you how many times I've seen somebody just stumble over their words because somebody I met. Uh, I went to a Patriots game. I was on the field um, at the home opener of the 2019 Super Bowl. And Donnie Wahlberg walked by. I'm a pretty big Wahlberg fan. I wow. like Donnie Wahlberg. I, I literally said, Donnie, hey. And he yeah. shook my hand and we wow. talked for a second and he kept on his way. You know, it was, I have a picture um, to prove it too. It was oh, awesome. That's so like cool. he, he was a wicked, cool, humble guy. Like I would, yeah. I would absolutely say he's like absolutely what you would expect him to be. Just really nice, genuine, like stop, talk to me, talk to the friends I was with, uh, shook wow. all our hands, took a picture with us and went on his way. But my buddy didn't even know what to say. He was like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that's what happens. Like you get kind of shell shocked, but at the end of the day, he's just a dude, you know, Yeah, my my heart did beat a little faster. I'm not going to lie. Like when he stood next to me and like, we were, we were like this close talking and he shook my, my heart did start being a little faster, but I was like, he's just a person like, Hey, and reached out, shook his hand. He shook my, it was pretty cool. Pretty cool experience. That's so cool. That's funny because um, this is like a whole other tangent, but um, I don't know if I told you I was on American Idol like back in high school. Yeah. Did yeah, I tell you this? We went through that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was the same kind of thing for me where I was like, OK, I'm not going to be like, like, um, you know, jumbling over my words. Like when I met everyone, I I was just like super conversational with them. And they were all the judges were like so nice. Like Ryan Seacrest yeah. was really conversational and. It was because in my head I was like, okay, I'm not going to put this person on a pedestal. They're a human being. Like we all, you know, do the same thing. Um, we wake up, you know, we go to bed. And so that kind of helped me like not be as nervous around like people that I was like idolizing or, you know, looking up to. So even if you find someone like in your circle or um, someone that like has the results that you want, my I think my advice would be just don't put them on a pedestal, like respect them, but know that it's also possible for you to get there and let them be an example of of a way to guide you there rather than to be like, oh, my God, this person has it all together. Like there's no way I could attain that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, there's. You, and again, it comes down to the choice. You can sit there and you can say, I'll never get to where they are. Or you can sit there and say, how do I get to where you are? Because yeah. I, I respect what you've done. I want to I be there too. Maybe you don't get the chance to talk to that person. You know, maybe that person is uh, kind of, quote, out of your out of your realm or whatever yeah. you may say, not in your location. You don't have a way to contact them. But, you know, watch their YouTube videos. Watch what they talk about. Watch, listen to podcasts that they've been on. Uh, most most people that are pretty successful have spoken somewhere about their story at some time. Yeah. Um, 
And, and if you can't find that person, find somebody similar. There's mm-hmm. more than one way to do things. There's a, a thousand ways to do the same thing and you get the same result or yeah. sometimes a little bit varied. But that's something I've always kind of told everybody I've ever met is, you know, don't get mad that the instructions uh, that my wife and I are putting a piece of gym, gym equipment together and she's very like, we'll go by the instructions. I yeah. just know what it's supposed to look like. So I'm just going to do this. And, she, you know. Yeah, the instructions say this, but there's more than one way to put this thing together. Yeah. That's how they recommend it. it I'm the same up- way with like furniture and stuff, by the way. I'm like, I'm just going to do it. Like, I don't need the instructions. I'm like, I'll, I'll just figure it out. Yeah. I've like always been that way. And it will still get done. Like, you yeah. know, it doesn't I mean, have it to be like, yeah. yeah. No, I think that's really great advice is like, just, just because like one person's path, right? Doesn't mean that that has to be your path too. And I think something else just to kind of leave people with is like, any person who has the results that you want, like you said, if you listen to them speaking about it, I has dealt with rejection or, you know, mm-hmm. a struggle or some kind of setback or road bump. And also people that are like overnight successes, there's usually years of work that they've had, yeah. you know, before Most they like- had that breakthrough. I don't think I've I've heard of anyone that was like legitimately an overnight success. Um mm-hmm. That I've, I've encountered. Unless you win the lottery or something. Yeah, you literally. Know, it's just not, yeah, it's just not real. <laughs> yeah. Something, I'm going to butcher these numbers, but they're going to be pretty close. Michael Jordan had the opportunity from like high school to his, his end of his career, opportunity to sink the game winning shot, I think 1,100 times. And he missed like 800 of those and he got it 300 of those. And I, I'm, again, I'm butchering these numbers, yeah. but it's close enough. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, you don't talk about the 800 misses. You talk about the times he yeah. was successful in it. That's what you hear about. So just know that there's always going to be more failure than success. I couldn't yeah. tell you how many ideas I've come out with for my business that have just been a complete waste of time, money, effort. But then again, you can look at it and say, was it a complete waste or did I learn a different way to not do something I'm trying yeah. to do? You know, I learned, all right, this doesn't work. So we're going to completely scrap this and we're going to try this. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been, I mean, I don't even know where to start with how many times I've thought of something and it just didn't work. Yeah. Press that and start over. No, I've, th- and also like, you know, rejection and just like setbacks. Like I've, I've dealt with so much of that. Like even with, you know, back with when I was singing, like there was so much rejection of people saying no to your face and, and I would still, you know, show up and do it. And even to this day, like I have some ideas, I have things that I've put out there that I'm like, oh, well this kind of flopped, like this wasn't great, but mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't mean I'm going to stop. You know, I had um, I had like a mindset course that I launched like last fall and then um, it, it didn't really do that well. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to like relaunch this and like revamp it. Um, and it's like like you said, it's like it's not a failure if you view it as a lesson. Like there's mm-hmm. always something to be gained, even from something that in the moment might seem like, well, shit, this this is like not what I was expecting. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of want to. Time... What's that? Go ahead. I think the only time that you fail is when you quit you know if you yeah if you didn't get it the first time you just keep going and eventually you're going to get it the only you didn't fail until you gave up on it because you just learned another way to not do it yeah that's so true it's like how many like you could be i always say this to you like you could be this close to a breakthrough and you could give up right before you were about to like turn that corner but you just can't see it because you're not Mm -hmm. there yet it's like just keep going with whatever it is that you're working on, whatever it is that you're doing, just keep going because um, you never know. You never know when that point's going to be. And even the people that you're idolizing and they looked up to, what was the common thing? They never gave up. That's probably what got them to where they were, persistence and consistency. Like that's yeah. the common theme, you know? I couldn't agree more. 
Yeah. So I kind of want to give you a chance here to uh, to leave my listeners with any kind of last minute tips that you would give them or advice or any, you know, last minute things you want to throw in. Oh, um, one thing I'd say for sure is to keep an open mind. Um, I know we talked on it a few times, but there's a lot more than one way to do things. So if you kind of hit that roadblock, don't get stuck on that one roadblock. Don't get stuck trying to get over this one hurdle. Try to look at a different way to do this. You know, there's whether it's fitness, finances, there's more than one way to do things. I would say um, if you're kind of starting a little bit behind the eight ball, start with saving five dollars because at the end of the day, money doesn't make the world go round, but money kind of makes the world go around because it affects your stress. It affects all that. Like I said, it doesn't buy you happiness, but if you don't have the financial freedom to chase your passions, chase your goals, because it costs money, you know, even this podcast, it costs money to buy a microphone. It costs money to buy a laptop. So you have to have money, but use it as a tool. Don't use it. Use it as a means to an end, I guess. Yeah. What I'm trying to say, you know, instead of using money as like the, I just need more and more and more use money as kind of a means to an end to reach the goals that you want to reach. Yeah. Using it in a productive way. That's kind of fueling that, that long-term vision. I think, Yeah, I think it all goes back to just having, having a goal and, and being able to have the discipline to work towards it, whatever it is in your life, if it's financially, if it's, you know, with your fitness goals, with your mindset, nutrition, whatever it is like that, that I think is such a key takeaway. And it's so cool to have seen the connection with finance to this before, because I've, I've never like even thought about that in my mind, but it actually makes so much sense um, thinking yeah. about it that way. Yep. Yeah. So this was so fun. Um, I always say like, I always say every guest I have, I'm like, this was like my favorite uh, episode, but th- this was so good. Like this was yeah, so fun. Um, so I want to give you a chance to kind of like shamelessly promote yourself. So where people can find you, check out your page, your podcast, your, uh, your clothing company too. go ahead and plug away. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So my clothing brand is RN fitness gear. Um, you can find it rnfitnessgear.com. Instagram is at rnfitnessgear. My podcast is choices by Nick Kroll, K R O L one L not two, like the comedian <laughs> guy there that yeah. everybody always asks me if I know. <laughs> Um, and my personal Instagram is at Nick underscore Kroll, K-R-O-L. So thank you again for having me. This was so much fun. Um, like I said, you, having you on my show is the, my favorite one I've done so far. So I'm um, looking forward to staying connected and hopefully doing more of these in the future. Yeah, we should probably like in six months or something, we should do, a, uh, another one. So I feel like we'll have, we'll have more to talk it. about. Yeah. Yeah, well, thanks for coming on, guys. I'm going to leave everything in the description. I'll also leave um, your episode that I came on in the description so people can check that out if they want to listen to it. Um, check out his podcast. It's amazing. He has awesome guests, too. Like I was looking through your through your list. Such a cool array of um, people that you have on. So definitely check that out. Check out his clothing company, the whole shebang. And um, Nick, thank you so much again. This was awesome. Yeah, again, thank you. Uh, I love talking. So next time, hopefully uh, six months from now, we'll get on this again. Yeah. 